On today's Midco SN podcast, the Andera brothers break down another week of high school football in South Dakota, where one of the major storylines is weather. Welcome to the Midco Sports Network podcast. Here's your host, Jason Andera. Back in the saddle for another week of high school football, and we're getting down to it. This is Jason Andera alongside my brother, Bruce. Bruce, how's it going? It is going wonderful. We are going to be starting a playoff push here tonight. Going wonderfully, you mean? Yes, wonderfully. Okay. I just call you out on grammar once in a while, being the grammar police, because uh, that's something you would do to me. Well, yes. We do that to each other. It's a nice give and take. And it's amazing how bad we are at grammar, even though we call each other out. And that we're in broadcasting. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we're here to break down 10 of the top games in South Dakota high school football. I appreciate everybody out there and and all the people that have liked it, shared it, talked to other people about it. It makes such a difference. Um, we've done this, what, five weeks now? This is the fifth week? Something it's, like I think, that? I think it's the fourth week, but yeah. I think no, it'll be the, the fifth. It'd I think this is the fifth week, and I think we've got four of the top 10 podcasts on Midco SN, so I'm... Really appreciating that. And just a quick housekeeping note for all you high school football fans out there who maybe have stumbled across this podcast. Uh, we do high school football coverage across the board here at Midco SN. I'm Jason Ander. I cover South Dakota high school sports. Um, we give out a game ball every week to the top performers. So you can watch that through our social, social media channels. We do live high school football um, about every other week. We usually do a North Dakota game and then a South Dakota game. So this week we've got West Central and Madison coming up at 7 p.m. on Friday night. So we've got live high school football. We have a live high school football highlight show every Friday night at 10.30 p.m. Central where we talk about games from all over South and North Dakota. And uh, that's called Varsity Sports Live. And we uh, also, you know, preview games throughout the week on uh, different videos and things that we do. So just an FYI, if you haven't explored all of our avenues of high school football coverage, please be invited to do so. And the newest and latest greatest thing that you can do is make your picks on the same games that we make our picks on right here on the Andara You Have It podcast. And last week, Bruce, two weeks in a row you beat me, I believe. Yes. What's going on? Well, let's see here. Last week, let me get down to it here. Last week, uh, yeah, I beat you by one game, eight and two. You were seven and three. Yeah, and overall now I have a one-game lead on you, 38 wins to 37 wins. Uh, but more importantly, a bunch of 15 other people beat me. Yes. And what we do is we take a drawing of those 15 people and we invite them to be a guest picker. So later this hour we have Austin Sasker who's going to be making his guest picks right here on the And There You Have It podcast. And I believe he's from up in the Britain area, right? Well, he's a Britain heckler fan. We'll find out more when we uh, okay. visit with him. That's for sure. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm going to make this decision right now on the air because we didn't talk about this beforehand. Should we allow people who beat me to be in that drawing, or should we do like a King of the Mountain thing where they have to beat Austin's picks for this week, and then we take a drawing of those people. I think this works best if, if, if it's if it's the people that beat you. Hmm. You're the star of the show. I'm not the star <laughs> of the show, and my picks are awful. So I thought it might be Well, it gives more people a chance to win then. Well, okay. Thanks, Bruce. All right. We're going to start this as we start every show. 
Now, it's time for the opening drive. I think you cool disembodied voice. The ultimate goal for almost any football team at the beginning of the season is a trip to the Dakota Dome and bringing home a state championship. Wait a minute, let's back up. This season, that's a little different because the state championship games are on an outdoor field in Brookings this year. That plays into this week's opening drive because this is the time of the year when the weather starts turning a little bit colder and flat-out speed often gives way to blocking and defense as colder air grounds a part of many passing games. This week, the teams playing in eastern South Dakota will have yet another obstacle, as if last week's rains and early season floods needed to be made worse. Temperatures will drop almost 40 degrees from where they were at the start of the week, with highs being predicted between 30 and 40 degrees. Now, that's the high temperature for the day, meaning by the time these games start, we're probably about 5 degrees or so colder than that. And also the possibility of significant snow. Now, while that four-letter word is not unheard of this time of year, in fact, I remember a snow game exactly 10 years ago in Brookings. I won't regale you with the details of it right now. Thank but you. It involved, it involved Brookings and Aberdeen Central. However, it could be below freezing in some places in South Dakota by the time these games get started. And the games could be in an October winter wonderland. Now, what that means for a football team is the passing game could be extremely hindered in these places, especially if there's any significant wind. Aerial attacks may need to give way to emphasis on the line playing rushing games. And of course, footing can be an issue as well if parts of the field are frozen. That could throw several outcomes into question because weather is the great equalizer. And while we may not see as many blowouts in a normal week and probably less points scored, the winning teams this week will be able to keep focus and their fundamentals even if they don't have a lot of gadgets in the playbook this week, and hopefully be able to be more prepared for mid-November in Brookings. And there you have it. All right, Bruce. Weather's on everybody's mind. Yes. it's uh, It could be snowy, it could be icy, it could be rainy, it could be, for the most part, windy. and Could be all of the above. And I like what you said. That's the great equalizer. I think it's going to make our picks, you know, pretty. we've been pretty much in that 80% range mm-hmm. of making our picks. I think we're, we could be closer to that 50% range this week. It could be crazy. Yeah, we could see some crazy results this week just as a part of, uh, due to that weather. All right, let's get into our set of 10 games. You can follow along. We've got those 10 games on our uh, SoundCloud page description. We've got it on our uh, Twitter description. So uh, feel free to scrub to whatever part of the podcast you want to now. And uh, we're going to start out in the big classes in 11 AAA. And we've got probably the game of the week, at least in 11 AAA. Harrisburg, Sioux Falls Lincoln, pair of five and one teams, two of the top three ranked teams in the class. And this Lincoln team, huge momentum. They've got a four-game winning streak going. Yeah, well, let's talk to uh, head coach Jared Fredenberg about that momentum. Well, you know, quite a bit. Um... You know, the, you know, the momentum's over on Monday, but it's just the kids believe. And, and that's just, you know, they just believe in each other that they can do it. And they've been down before and have stayed there. You know, we were down in the first half. We came back and, and tied it. Um, and the kids just, you know, the kids believe that they can win no matter what. And, and you know, you can't coach that. They just, you know, they, they believe it. And so it's just a together, it's a we thing and, and not an individual thing. It truly is. No doubt that this Lincoln team 
has as much or more momentum than anybody else in the class. And last week's win against Brandon Valley gave them, you know, already had huge confidence, but gave them so much more confidence. I, I really feel like they believe they can beat anybody in the state right now. That was a big win, and it was driven by their defense. There were a few quick touchdowns scored by Brandon Valley early in that game. They Brandon Valley did not score again until the final minute of the game. Yeah, even though Tate Johnson ran for over 100 yards, it really being at the game, it did not feel like that at all. This defense played outstanding, kept Brandon Valley uh, to just maybe a few big plays that Jackson Hilton hit downfield. But other than that, they really felt contained. Uh, so give give credit to Sam Siegel, Isaac Sarbacher, and uh, the rest of those guys, Alex Oppold, Jonathan Smith, I mean, those guys were outstanding for Lincoln, and uh, they're going to have to bring their A game against a team like Harrisburg this week, a team that averages 28 points per game. Absolutely, and in uh, Harrisburg is always one of those teams that will bite you when you're when you're least expecting it. Um, they only give up 18 points a game as well. Yeah, both defenses give up 18 points a game here. Yeah, and, uh, and like I said, they want to try to put together big drives. So the way I read that is if they're going to try to put together big drives, it either means score quickly and score often, or it means keep Lincoln off the field, Lincoln's offense off the field. Okay, so yeah, key to the game for Brandon uh, White, get off the field defensively. They're very explosive and have to limit those big plays, and that's huge. And just being on that Lincoln sideline over the last few weeks – they are so charged off those big plays, and they make those big plays as much as anybody in the state right now. And it just seems to start an avalanche when they start making those big plays. So Harrisburg knows they got to stay the course there. Key to the game for Lincoln. Key to the game for Lincoln, control the Harrisburg running game and make them one-dimensional. Try to force them into a passing game, especially when the temperatures are going to be in probably in the 30s. Uh, that passing game is going to be a little bit hindered. Uh, the weather may play a factor in the game, so the line of scrimmage will be very important. Uh, we need to run the ball and control the tempo and control the clock. Yeah, well, that's that's understated there. Uh, we're going to really look at a guy like Isaiah Robinson who thrives so much off of quickness, and I, I still think he's going to be able to use that quickness and, and get out in the open field even if conditions are not great. So they've got him. And then Tommy Thompson is throwing the ball at a 68% clip right now. 1158 yards through the air, 11 touchdowns. He's been he's been the best quarterback in Sioux Falls in my opinion. Yeah, and 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 right now there's no there's no real doubt about that. Um at this point, I mean we 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 could bring up Dan and Bring, but uh right now Tommy Thompson has been the man at quarterback at least in Sioux Falls anyway. Um this game for Harrisburg represents the first part of probably their most difficult stretch of the season. Well, Is for it, sure. They've got this game They've got Brandon Valley. They've got O'Gorman to close the season. It gets super tough. Of course, they're just coming off a Watertown game and then Roosevelt the week before that. Um, yeah, this is where they decide if they're going to be a top three seed or if they're going to be maybe a four or five or six seed, how, depending on the how road. they do on these next few games. So uh, they couldn't ask for a tougher battle than what they're going to get with Lincoln. If it comes down to running, Anders Clayton has been really good this year. He did get fairly shut down against Roosevelt, and of course that's the one game they lost. I think they're going to have to rely on Anders Clayton to have a big game if they want to do anything against Lincoln. Absolutely. and um, Receiving Sam, Christians, Sam Christensen and, and Ethan Rollinger, yeah. uh, obviously their main targets there, and of course the two-quarterback system just to throw Lincoln's defense off guard. Right, and Jai Rowert, maybe their best receiver out of the entire team. He maybe doesn't have the same numbers as those guys, but... 
we've seen him play and we know he can make huge plays. So will that great receiving core get neutralized at all by the weather? Yeah, we'll find out. We will find out indeed. Let's move on to our second game. And uh, that is going to be another one in Sioux Falls. No, this one's in nope. Rapid. This one's in Rapid City. Okay, you put the home team on the wrong side. I did the wrong <laughs> side, but it's in Rapid. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go out to Rapid City. So the the possibility of snow increases the farther you go west uh, this week. So yeah, Rapid City I hope Central. They make it out there. I hope this is yeah. Roosevelt, by the way. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be Sioux Falls Roosevelt visiting Rapid City Central, and I think I don't think they'll have a problem getting out there. It's getting home that might be the issue. <laughs> That that is true. And uh, last week, Rapid City Central came up just short, had a lead against Stevens. What do you, mm-hmm. what, do you what do you surmise from that? Battle? I watched the end of that game, and it seemed to me that uh, Rapid City Central just lost a little bit of concentration near the end of that game and allowed Stevens to score that last touchdown to win it. Stevens is good too. Stevens is a decent. Stevens is a pretty good team, and. Rapid City Central, for their part, I mean, they were within seven points of uh, against four of their six opponents, so they've kept games close. They've been close. What's your opinion on that, though? Now, Bruce? my opinion on that, it felt like it felt like the Rapid City, like Rapid City Central, kind of pushed all in. If you're sitting at a poker table, so it kind of felt like they kind of pushed in all, all in last week against Rapid City Stevens, and uh, they were just kind of beat on the turn there. So, <laughs> but uh, what are you saying that like that that was their peak? That was that was the game they wanted to win. Well, More of than course, the that's the game they wanted to win. Um, now they have a huge concern. Jeremy Weedman is currently kind of awaiting an MRI on his shoulder, and you know this is the kind of kid that's going to play through anything that he possibly can. And last week he put up 114 yards and two touchdown runs against Stevens. Um, but that's huge. That's huge. If you don't have a guy like that, because the keys of the game for. Kim Nelson is to stop those big play guys. And when, mm-hmm. when he's talking about big play guys on Rap City Central, he is not naming Jeremy Weedman, but he's talking about number 34, Jeremy Weedman. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he doesn't name anybody here, but uh, they do run a similar defense. They both run similar defenses. And then that is going to be difficult to consistently move the ball yeah, he knows. for both teams. I mean, he, he, I mean Kim Nelson knows. The defense he's running against. Especially with that weather. Look for those uh, running backs one more week of Joe Turry before we expect Tyree Nave to get back into the lineup for Roosevelt. And uh, you know what? They're just gonna have to they're just gonna have to line up and win up front. And that's one area I think this Roosevelt team can win the game. Their defensive line has been outstanding this year. And then just to extend that poker analogy, you have to kind of put that bad hand behind you, play the next hand. That's this Roosevelt game, and and go in with the belief that you can win. Does anybody remember what happened last year when these two teams played? I don't. There was an upset. There was a big old upset. Rapid City Central beat Sioux Falls Roosevelt. They kind of looked that past. This. That was on our air, wasn't it? No. No, it wasn't? Okay. Uh, no, they looked past that game, and um, I have a feeling Roosevelt is not going to let that mm. happen again. But we'll get to the picks before we talk about that. Yeah, Kim Nelson won't let it happen either. Uh, moving forward... One more AAA game to talk about. One more AAA game to talk about, and this time we're going to go back over to the eastern side of the state uh, to Brandon Valley, uh, where we've got Sioux Falls, Washington, playing at Brandon Valley. Uh, we've got a two and four team, four and two team. Uh, Brandon Valley just took another uh, just took another uh, took another tough loss against Lincoln, uh, in addition to their loss against Roosevelt. Uh, their wins haven't been the most impressive. So you have you have O'Gorman 
Aberdeen Central, Rapid City Central, Watertown. Yeah, they're they're really uh, not clicking on all cylinders. This Brandon Valley team uh, last week just could not get a. Uh, just really get something going. They had a few big plays uh, downfield to Jackson Hilton, who was taken out of the game late in that game because of a concussion or what looked like a concussion from where I was standing. Uh, I would, I don't know if he's going to play or not. I, I don't think he will probably play this week. Um, so where are they going to get those big plays from? And this Washington team is still hungry. I mean, they they got to the point last week, uh, they got down to O'Gorman, but it felt like they were kind of making a comeback toward the end of the game. They weren't going to win it, but they didn't give up. They did not give up. And again, that, that I was watching that game kind of as you guys hit the air. Um, they did keep the fight alive late against O'Gorman. There was a lot of fire in that defense, especially late in the game. Turned the ball over a few times. Uh, they were threatening another touchdown. They were threatening, you know, they were threatening to score another touchdown uh, as the game got called. They were on O'Gorman's five yard line at that point. Uh, Tyus Hansen in relief, three touchdown passes. Yeah, he didn't do bad in that game. Josh Piper collected two of those, and he had his best game. And he's a sophomore, and he caught seven passes, I think, for one sixty-three. Yep. Yep. And and this time, this time, Washington to that to that effect. Uh, Chad Statham, keys to the game, come out and play right away. Yep. They didn't really do that against O'Gorman. They got down early. Well, they've been slow, having slow starts all year. Watertown, they got behind ten to nothing, and they had to come back to win that game. They they just really have to. Come out and set the set the expectation a little bit higher, a little bit earlier. And they've got to do that on the road against uh, in front of that Brandon crowd too. So this is not this is not a layup for me. This is going to be a really good game. No, and I, I don't. I, I think I think uh, Washington can can definitely win the game. Um, Brandon Valley probably had the best performance for in a losing effort. They had a hundred yard rusher, a hundred yard receiver, and a two hundred yard passer in that game. Yeah. So they were able to move the ball. Yeah, that's what I mean. The numbers look good, but being but the at the game, not, yes. being at the game too, you just—I don't know. It was bend but not break defense, and Lincoln came up with some huge plays. And Lincoln turned the ball over three times, by the way. Yeah, and they still won the game. And they still managed so to that, win that game. That so. showed you how much it felt like it was just in Lincoln's direction. Well, let's leave that game there. Let's go to probably the biggest game of the week. And we're going to move to one class versus two. Exactly, one versus two. We're going to go to class eleven AA. We're going to go to the middle of the state. Brookings at Pier, a pair of undefeated teams. We'll see if Brookings can make it to Pier. Yeah, we'll see if Brookings can make it <laughs> along Highway fourteen to Pier. Um, high, high and Pier projected thirty two degrees for Friday, uh, with some snow. Let's break this one down, though, Bruce. We will break this one down. Um, Nobody's come close on really either side to no. losing a ball game this year. No, not really. And uh, Brookings closest still, Brookings been is that Madison game where was they that were Madison down in the game. second yep. half. Yeah, that was twenty two to nine. Yep. That was twenty two to nine. Pierce's closest game, I think, was the first game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. That was a forty to zero win. Um Yeah. Yeah. So which team do you want to talk about first? Well, let's go with Brookings here. Uh the visiting team here. They're the ones obviously I mean, they're six and oh, but they're coming in the underdog. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's not fun to be 6-0, have to go on the road and play this team that's just been decimating teams. And uh, last week, this Brookings defensive line was huge. They came up huge. They stopped a guy who had gained 200 yards or more in three different weeks. Parker Phillips held him to 21 yards and 19 carries. And let me tell you something. This Brookings line, I mean, it's the, it's, I think it's the only line that's going to match up with Peer. All season long. And and they do, you know, they've got a guy underrated, and actually it was Steve Steele who pointed this out. 
Joe Prusa, number 77, watch him. He's going to really cause some issues in this game uh, to get <laughs> into the Pierre backfield. So Pierre hasn't seen an, a line like this. I think that's the one thing we're looking for. No, and they're only allowing, I mean, Brooklyn's they're only allowing six points a game. Yeah, their their defense has literally carried them. Tanner Shepardson keeps playing better and better. Carter Item, I would say, is back fully, hundred mm-hmm. percent. If Brookings has a chance to do something, it feels like this is the time of year where they could they could make something happen. If ever there was a time to put together a game to win, this is a, this is the one. I know, and you're going to be in a low, could potentially low scoring yep. weather game. I mean, you're only else? giving up you're only giving up about seventy five rush yards a game. And if ever there was a time to bring to bring it to to a player like Garrett Stout, yeah, oh, Garrett Stout. I mean, he's been all world for Pierre. Twelve hundred ninety-six yards passing, twenty-one touchdowns. He's run for almost a thousand with thirteen more. He's hit seven different receivers this year for multiple touchdowns. Wow. I mean, he's using everybody. That's that's the definition of an MVP right there. And then defensively, I just have to mention, because we don't talk about the defense enough, River Iverson and Gunnar Gehring have been all over the field for Pierre, um, two guys that you really have to watch out for. I think they're going to shut down Brookings, but I think Brookings will slow down Pierre. We'll get mm-hmm. into the picks later about we'll what we We'll get into the picks here. later with that one. Um Pier, 228 yards receiving per game. They're balanced. 291 yards rushing per game. Again, I'll do the math for you. 519 <laughs> yards total per game. But to be that balanced when you're putting up that many yards. And that and that many points. Uh, Holy cow. That's crazy. All right. One more 11 AA game that we want to talk about. One more 11 AA game that we talk about. Sturgis and Mitchell. Uh, these two teams are kind of fighting for playoff positioning. You bet they are. Two and four for Sturgis, three and three for Mitchell. Who doesn't want to play Pier? Yeah, neither one. Neither team wants to play Pier. I don't think any team in the state wants to play Pier. Well, I mean, you don't want to except be that, for maybe Brookings. But. That four or five spot, if Pier is that number one seed, yeah, you know, stay out of that four. Try to get up to that three spot, which both these teams have a chance to do. Absolutely, and uh, Sturgis, they're, they they got a, they got a big victory. I think it was a few weeks ago that, against Yankton, or maybe that was last week. I yeah, can't last remember. week. Last yep. week had to come back in the fourth quarter going into that Yankton game. Um, Chris Koletsky challenged his team to really focus and, and just have more purpose throughout the week. And it it really paid off because even though, you know, Yankton's young compared to last year, they are very talented in some spots. And Sturgis outlasted him in the second half. And that's, I'll tell you what, they didn't panic. Zach Schoen, he connected with Caden Phillips for the go-ahead score late in that one. And that that feels like one of those plays that could maybe say, oh, this focus thing really works. Coach knows what he's talking about. And the trouble here is now you got to carry it out on the road, you know, the long road trip to Mitchell. You have to use that as a springboard. Yeah. Keys to the game for Chris Koletsky, putting pressure on the run game. And, of course, that's what Parker Phillips mm-hmm. had happen to him last week, and they know they got to stop Parker Phillips. And then Austin Kerr, who's back 100%, he was knocked out a part of the game last week. They know he's a great athlete that they're going to have to stop as well. So um, we'll, we'll see how they respond and to coming off an energizing win like that and uh, see if they're hungry or if they're satisfied after last week's game. Yeah, their last few trips to Mitchell have not gone well. No. Uh, one was a playoff loss that just it was a blowout, and the other was, was a regular season a few years ago. That didn't go well either. So hopefully they can use that Yankton game as a springboard to a better performance here. As far as Mitchell... 
Um, they're having trouble with it. They had some trouble with some with their assignments last week. Uh, defensively, anyway, they had some trouble tackling. Yeah. That Brookings team will cause that. Uh, this week, we want to we want to bounce back after that big loss to Brookings. Uh, they do benefit from playing at home with the with the forecast this week. Yep, that that helps. And we talked about Austin Kerr being back. Um, he was out of the game part of the way with a lower leg injury, hoping that he's okay. He knows Sturgis plays hard, uh, but the key for them is to find that level intensity, Bruce. Yep, match Sturgis on their intensity from the start to the, from the start to the finish of the game. Uh, especially the special teams. That's another thing that I've kind of forgotten the opening drive special teams and how that, how the weather affects that. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a, a very interesting part of the game and how many people start going forward on fourth down, especially if it gets windy. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. 11 double A. Those are the exciting games we're looking at. What else are we looking at, Bruce? Well, we're going to go to our TV game this week. It'll be on our air. I believe you've got the call on this one. I believe you're right. And this is going to be West Central Madison. Big rivalry game. Big rivalry game, and um, there's been years that this is where the championships won. We yep. see which way it goes through. And uh, most recently, West Central hasn't won a title since 2013, I believe. Yeah, that's, that sounds uh, about Madison right. Madison kind of went on run after that. So it's been kind of a team of the decade. Madison kind of has this decade, and West Central kind of had the decade before that. So Well, the two decades before and that. And the two <laughs> decades before that. Yeah, so um, we had a chance to catch up with both coaches. We talked to the very new head coach, Vince Benedetto, out of West Central, and he's talking about how tough it's going to be to stop Tyler Tappy, the Madison quarterback, even with the weather. And then we'll switch it over to Mac, Max Hodgen, who's going to talk about going against a new coach on the other sideline and how that storyline plays out with the weather. They are, their quarterback is a really good football player. You watch him on film, he just looks comfortable in the pocket. He makes throws that high school kids don't make. Uh, and they got some speed on the edge, too. Um, so that's a challenge in itself. And I think our defense has been playing well, but they haven't seen an offense that spreads the ball around and is that athletic. Well, you know, first of all, it's going to be a little different not looking across the sideline and seeing Kent over there. Uh, uh, he's been kind of instrumental in our growth, trying to trying to beat them for for so many years. He he helped make us what we are, and uh, you know, so I I miss talking to him and seeing him around. But uh, I think the storyline is going to be the weather. You know, how big is that going to play into the game? Snow, wind, cold, all of that. You know, adjusting game plans. It's you know, I, I told the guys, you, you know, 12 points might win something like this on a uh, on a you know a terrible weather night. 12 points might win the game. I don't know. What do you think about that comment? I think he's right. 12 points could win this game. Um, kind of depends on what the field conditions are in Madison. Kind of depends on how much snow actually falls, what the temperature is actually going to be. A lot of different things can play in that. We don't even know where, this, at the time we're recording this, I mean, we're, we don't even know where the storm track lies. Well, exactly. And this is a really interesting game as far as when we're breaking it down um, because – both these teams like to throw it a little bit more mm-hmm. than they have in the past, and that's going to change. I mean, both teams I mean, West Central are, way more than they have in the past. Yeah, they're really they're really going to have to feel this one out to see if they can go to their normal game plan or if they're going to have to switch. Now, defensively, I think both teams feel pretty good. Madison is a little bit bigger up front. Mm-hmm. They've got a good defensive line. They really hang their hat on their defensive line. West Central may be a little better in the secondary and uh, maybe a little bit quicker on uh, some of their linebacker positions, but 
but I think Madison has the advantage here as far as defensive line up front. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not familiar with the offensive lines, but uh, to handle those defensive lines, especially if you do want to pass the ball, yeah, uh, that's where that's where that starts. Um, I think, I mean, even though both teams are three and three, I think they're kind of deceiving three and threes. Why is that, Bruce? Because West Central, their wins are against Custer, Tri Valley, and, and Vermilion. Tri Valley is actually a good win. Yeah, the other two. I mean, they're teams you probably should beat. But then on the other hand, I mean, they played with D- Dakota Valley. Yep. They played with T, and then, of course, they you know they got handled by Pierre, but who hasn't? Who hasn't this season? So exactly. it's hard to tell what t- team they are, and I think they've gotten a lot better since the beginning of the year. So it's really going to depend on which West Central team shows up. As far as Madison, I think there's a little bit deceiving on the other going the other way. Uh, the teams they've beaten, D- Dakota Valley, Canton, Millbank, in that case, they no. played right with Brookings. They played right with T. Yeah, went overtime with T. Yep. Went one point loss. One point loss to Del Rapids. Del Rapids and Brookings. They had the lead in the second half. So, and this, those are all undefeated teams. Right. This could be a six and zero team here. Um, let's just talk about the playmakers here. We got great playmakers. Eidsness over for West Central on the outsides making big plays, and then the receiving core. That Tyler Tappy has with Unterbrunner mm-hmm. and uh, Bergheim and Avery and all these guys that they can make plays. And now they've got Trey Smith, who's really stepped up as a huge bowling ball in the middle of this team to give him some balance running the football. I think Madison's pretty good. Yeah, 120 yards against Millbank last, I think that was last week. Yep. Um, Tyler Tappy, 220 pass yards and a pair of touchdowns. So yeah, their balance is there. Well, so even if they're even, even if they can't pass the ball, they can certainly run it. I talked to both of these coaches on Tuesday just about the keys to the game, and it was it was really similar. It was you know executing, winning your battles up front, and you know the weather is the big X factor here. You know being mm-hmm. able to adjust to whatever the weather brings. So looking forward to having this one live on Midco SN. We've had. Double uh, A AA or Triple A games most of the time. It's good to have an eleven A game on. Uh, just speaking of this class, I mean, ask both coaches this too. There is six or seven teams that you could see winning this thing in class eleven A. Yeah, that the top of that class is loaded. I mean, Canton, Madison, West Central, Tri Valley, of course, Dells, Dakota Valley, T. And I'm probably missing somebody else because <laughs> I don't have my sheet right in front of me, but. Th- it's all over the board. These guys, um, yeah, you can you, see, I think see you cover any, most of them. Yeah, yeah, you can see you can see anybody getting hot. So, I feel like Dakota Valley. The second, you, yeah, I said Dakota okay, Valley, did, but did, the did. second season kind of starts this week. Where, all right, who's gonna who's gonna keep getting better from this point on? And, and yeah. right here is a chance for both of these teams to show that they belong. Moving forward, speaking of eleven A, speaking of eleven A, Ken visiting Tri Valley. You know, two very Pair of four and two teams. Yeah, two very interesting four and two teams. And uh, Tri Valley last week had a tremendous catch right at the buzzer at the end of the game <laughs> to win the game for Tri Valley. Just you know, kind of an amazing play to to pull that out. And uh, Hanson, Matthew, Ibrahim have been the big hammers on offense for this team. Defensively, they're playing much better than they did last year. Where this they got to go up against this Canton team who who's kind of on a roll since that early season lull. Yeah, and if you want to call it a lull, uh, well, yeah, I mean, they they lost their first two games to probably two of the best teams in the class, T and Madison, by a total of twenty points in both those games. Uh, since then, they've they've logged victories against Pine Ridge, 
Huron, Lennox, and Todd County. So maybe not the greatest of competition. That Huron win is a good one. Huron was good. They shut down Huron. Yep, they absolutely shut down Huron at home. So a four-game win streak. Uh, you're looking at Caden Verley, of course. Not as explosive as he has last was last year, but he's also playing a lot of quarterback this year. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. You got Shane Scheidt. You got Isaac. Uh, is it Dietzenbach? Dietzenbach, Yep. Yep. Xander Elling. A lot of different weapons that they, that they can use. I mean, they t- they generally use a three back formation. At least at least the last time I saw them, anyway. Uh, typically a three back formation, whether that's a double wing or whether that's a straight T formation. Rich, Rich Lundstrom has run that for years. Yeah. And in run and that way you can run three backs out of the backfield. The defense doesn't know who's getting the ball half the time. Exactly. And then on the other side of the ball, these guys have been lights out. Zach Richardson, Shaden Scheidt, uh, Avery Herding, all really causing havoc behind the line of scrimmage. And they've been forcing fumbles. They've been getting interceptions. Um, five sacks for Avery Avery Herding. I mean, that that's amazing. Uh, great year so far for this Canton team up front. Now, this is a huge test this week when they go against Tri-Valley. Yeah, and what uh, Tri-Valley, just to, just to speak to that point, uh, uh, the Steve Bezetta? Bezetta. Yeah, yeah, okay, Bezetta. All right, I, I thank you for the pronunciation there. Um, number one key, know where Keaton Verley is at all times. Yeah. You don't know where he's positioned back there. Yeah. He even noted he he hopes he might be sick this Friday. <laughs> that was that was cute, but uh, I mean that just shows the respect that they have for this kid. Yeah. So and of course the Canton defense has been absolutely awesome. So you need to take advantage of every scoring opportunity you get uh, against this Canton team. As far as Canton goes, stopping the run and of course be able to run the ball ourselves. Yeah, it's going to come down to a ground game, and they're hoping that you know Shaden Shite and Caden Verley can just get it done on the ground. And uh, if there's anybody that can do it, I think those two guys are great candidates yeah, to this, get that done. This was going to be a ground game even before the weather situation. Let's move to some nine-man football, Bruce. Nine-man jam. Here we go. Got, we've got some exciting nine-man games this week, including a pair of unbeaten teams yes. taking on each other. Absolutely. Different classes, but undefeated all the same. Canastota Freeman Pride, they're going to go visit Tyndall to face the Bonham Cavaliers. Bonham playing their last game of the year. They're 7-0. and A lot of impressive victories in that seven-game list. And their head coach, Byron Pudwill, talked about what this game means as far as home field advantage and how big home field advantage is for Bonham. Uh, tonight it was a big building step for this team. We've been battling injuries all year, and we just got young kids keep stepping up and making big plays for us and getting better throughout the year. I feel like we're going the right step every every game, every practice. It's just going to be great the rest of the year. Back in the 90s when we were back-to-back in, in the Dome, and then last year we had Slama and all those seniors, and we created a legacy there. We won a baseball championship too, had a couple state wrestling things, so that's how we play now. We forget that, move on, and now we create our own legacy in this team. So this is what it's all about. Uh, if we're doing the math right and we play well and stay healthy, we could get every playoff game. Uh, at home, so uh, that's, that's amazing. It's every kid's dream. I wanted to mention Nate Shazinski there talking, and then also their quarterback Josh Crownover in that comment before. And then, as Byron Pudwell said, every kid's dream to play those home games in front of your home crowd. And I believe he is doing the math right on that. So <laughs> I believe he is too, and he knows how big this game is with Canastota Freeman. Two really good teams. Where are we? Gonna, how are we going to dig into this one, Bruce? Man. Um... I think we got to start with with uh, Canastota Freeman's forty four point three points per game. Yeah, in those wins, 
not even six points allowed so I mean, far per game. Yeah, stats don't do him justice either. No, and of course you got uh, Trey and Tyson Ortman. Um, Trey Ortman, 31-58, 390 yards, five touchdowns, passing the ball. Uh, you got 120 yards rushing, five touchdowns there. Tyce Ortman, 782 yards rushing. That's an 11.7 average, that's by a, the way. That's a clip, man. That is a clip. And then you got the hammer right behind him with Bailey Sage. You know, both those guys, eight touchdowns for Tice, 10 for Bailey. And Logan Katzer, also a threat receiving the football. He's been, you know, 10 catches for 144 and three touchdowns. So um, they like to run the ball. Yeah, they like to run the ball, and they've got and they've got the horses up front to uh, to open the holes for them to run the ball. Two hundred eighty four yards per game. They like to run the ball. Yeah, and it looks like just from these averages here, it looks like they're getting about eight nine yards a carry. And they're allowing how many yards per game? And on that on that note, rushing allowed per game thirty six yards. So so watch out, Bonham. Um, they, Bonham likes to throw a little bit with Josh Crown over. Yep. They've got Nate Shazinski. They got a couple other guys. They've got uh, they they also can run though too, and they've shown over the last couple of weeks their balance is really one of the things that has really helped them. And I, I think they've really showed improvement over the last couple of weeks. Their win over Gregory was a defensive uh, gem. I, I did watch a good bit of that game, and Bonham was able to move the ball, and Szczynski ran several sweeps from his end position. Don't know if they're going to be able to do that, do that consistently against against this Minnesota Freeman team. I don't know if they're going to be able to make three field goals. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that either. But here's the deal: that's a good, that's the value of having a good kicker, even at the nine man level. Yeah, your drive stalls. You have a kicker that can hit those field goals. He it's, went three for four last week. That was Josh Crown over kicking the ball. Yeah, it's going to exactly the special teams we talked about with the weather is going to be big question mark. Yeah, and I see this one being played primarily between the thirties in this game in Tyndall. Um, just due to the defenses alone. Yeah, this uh, Canastota Freeman team has kind of been quietly hanging around in the top part of this 9A cluster of teams up at the front. I think the coaches' poll has them at number one, and in the media poll they've been number two most of the year, right behind uh, Sully Buttes. Um, and it's because they they don't really run up the score, but they just own the game on the ground. And mm-hmm. I. I think it'll be really interesting to see what they can do. Uh, we asked James Strang some of the keys of the game. He says we need to make sure we get off to a good start and take care of the football. they got to utilize all their weapons, and I think that's where they and Bonholm are really good. They don't rely on one guy. There are many guys on both of these teams that can get it done. So, um, you know, a powerful offense with multiple looks, so they're going to need to make sure to make the right reads. That's what he's talking about when you're going against Bonhoma, a team that you know can just give you a misdirection play and hit the home run. Yep, yep, and they'll spread the field. And they'll spread the field on some formations. They'll bunch everybody up on others. Uh, I saw them do that against Gregory multiple times. Gregory actually did play decent defense against these oh, guys. Yeah. Um, he kind of did a bend but don't break thing, and Bonham wasn't able to pull away until the second half. But they got those field goals and the, the pick got, six, and they got the field goals, the pick six, and was able to get it done. So. It's not just the offense on Bonham that you, that uh, that is going to be the key here. All right, that's one of the two big games in nine man football. We've got another one for you. Yes, we do. Del Rapids St. Mary. They're going to go visit Coleman Egan. Both teams at six and zero. Both teams in nine B. In fact, they're both in the same region. Um, very similar schedules. Playing that playing that uh, playing that conference schedule. Uh, we have. De- 
Del Rapids St. Mary, who has tossed three shutouts so far this season. Yeah, defensively, I think they don't get called out enough on how good this Cardinals D has been. They have been lights out on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and Coleman Egan, however, five shutouts in six games. Yeah, another... they have allowed exactly twelve points all season, and they haven't, you know, they haven't played full games very often. In fact, they've only played fourteen quarters so far this season. Coleman, that's Egan. not even three quarters a game. Yeah, in six games. So playing a full game, really, when we talked to, to Chad Williamson, he said playing a full game, that could be one of the factors in this game. He goes, we condition really hard early in the week and then we rest up for the game. But it's different when you're out there playing a full four-quarter game, and that's that could be a difference. Of course, Dell St. Mary, same thing last week. They took care of business early against mm-hmm. uh, Centerville, so they've had a few of those games too. They've been a little bit more battle-tested. They've had to win a 17-3 game in there. They've had to win a few lower-scoring games here and there throughout the season. Um, So they've played a few more full games. Uh, But again, as far as Coleman Egan is concerned, yes, playing a full game is a concern, especially once you start getting into the playoffs and and the games get tougher as you go. Um, No place place better to start than here. Well, the cool thing is after we contacted both of these coaches, they were excited about just excited to be in this position because last year Coleman Egan dipped a little bit. Dell St. Mary was still kind of building up. This year, they said the fans, the players, the schools, the towns are just pumped up for this game. So mm-hmm. even though the weather's going to be a little crummy, uh, everybody's just pumped up. We're getting ready for a big game here in uh, two conference foes going at it. And that's despite uh, Del Rapids St. Mary having to play their homecoming game at O'Gorman last yeah. week. Uh, yeah, their exactly. field was unplayable. I think I heard in playing places it was like 6 to 12 inches of sand that had been piled up on their field. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, do just do just everything this season. Um, as far as Coleman Egan, again, you talk, you talk to their head coach. It feels really good to prepare for a big game. I feel every game is big, but this one really has a playoff atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and that will absolutely be true. Uh, Del Rapids St. Mary is very well coached fundamentally, sound football team, a lot of great athletes that make matchups difficult. So both teams are going to have some matchup difficulty. Yeah, it's it's line versus line here, and both teams have some really good lines. I think Coleman Egan's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. they got a, a little bit better reach on some of those guys. Um, the playmakers exist on both teams. Nate Tolley has been doing great for Coleman Egan, and then Connor Libis last week coming off of three touchdown runs and then a passing touchdown He's had a terrific season, not only throwing the ball, but running the ball. Um, Eli Longville, Park, Garrett, Longville. I mean, all these guys have just been showing up for the Cardinals all season long. So their coach, Ross Flemmer, he said, our, our starting running back in DB that got hurt in last week's game, they're, they think they're going to be able to be okay. But he said playing tough physical football will be a key in this game. And uh, both coaches agree. Turnovers and mistakes could define this game. They are huge. They're huge in any football game, but they're even more huge in a game where weather could be a factor. And yards are at a premium. And points are at a premium. All right. One more nine-man game, and we picked uh, we picked one involving a couple teams that aren't quite ranked, Not but have a chance ranked. to be. Have a chance to be. Maybe got off to a, to a slightly, slightly, slightly worse start. Uh, still fighting for playoff position. Both teams will probably be playoff teams. Yeah, both teams have been in the top five. They just haven't been mm-hmm. able to stay there, like you said, because of tough starts. So Arlington Lake Preston, they're going to go visit Hamlin. Uh, 
Arlington Lake Preston, 4 and 2 in 9AA. Hamlin, also 9AA, they're playing their final game of their season. They're 5 and 2. Both teams are coming in hot. Absolutely. And uh, we have uh, Arlington Lake Preston with a four game win streak, averaging a 33 point margin in, in during that streak. Um, and lo- lo- let's look at this for improvement on those on those margins of victory. Arlington Lake Preston, 14 30, 44 44. Well, here's. Here's part of that uh, story behind the story is Gavin Holland has been playing the last four <laughs> weeks. And the first couple of weeks, he was not, you know, he was hurt. So having him back is a huge difference. I mean, he got bottled up several times against Baltic, and he would just pop out and make a huge play on the outside. So um, Gavin Holland is huge for this team, and I think that's, one reason that Arlington Lake Preston got all those votes in the top five in the preseason polls because they knew they had Gavin Holland. Well, now he's back. He makes them a top five team, I believe. Yeah, and on Hamlin's side of things, they're riding a three-game win streak, and they're coming off two shutouts uh, right now. Uh, Nash Grantham, probably one of the biggest reasons for that, uh, 38-76, 577 yards, yeah, seven touchdowns. Drives That's in the, the passing car. game. He dri- yep. drives the car. Yep, he's got the keys. All he's doing is driving the car at this point. Uh, Jackson Nome, 78 carries, 479 yards, seven touchdowns. But look at the receiving for him. 19 for 351 in all seven of those touchdowns. I mean, he comes out of the backfield, and he's catching a lot of these uh, screens, shovels, um, dump-offs, you know, the short passes and making big plays out of them. Well, if you if you have those screen shovels, swing passes, that essentially is running game. Yeah, it's a still a forward pass, so it counts as a pass in the stat sheet. But exactly. And then Sam Grantham, how about that? The sophomore is leading the team in tackles. He's another guy to watch out for. Um, the only losses for this Hamlin team came to Britton Heckla and Duel, two really. Really respected teams in nine man. Absolutely, football. and and that Grantham family has got a long history in Hamlin. A lot of good football players have come through there. Um, this is just more of that story. Time to make your picks. Good. Thanks for hanging around. We got uh, pushed back a little bit, so thanks yeah, for no being problem. Pa- thanks for being patient with us. So yeah. First of all, congratulations, ten and zero. That had to feel pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a shot in the dark. Uh, oh, come on. It was all skill, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> a lot of listening to you guys anyway. <laughs> oh, well, you did better than us. So <laughs> this week you get to make your picks on the podcast. And uh, first of all, i got to get a little background from you, Austin. Uh, where are you from? Yeah, so originally from Pipestone, Minnesota. Uh, but I'm living in Britain now with my wife. Uh, so a big Braves fan here. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to the Braves. And oh, you got to give us a little scouting report on the Braves since you go out and watch them so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're looking real good this year. Uh, what are we, 6 and 6 now? and 0. Um, we got Chester this week. Uh, maybe in the snow. We'll see. I've yeah. heard a few rumblings of uh, game being moved, possibly. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, looking forward to the last regular season game with Warner and uh, should be a good, strong push uh, into the playoffs for the Braves. Playoffs are going to be tough in 9A this year. They are. 9A is stacked. Um, 
But I tell you what, I think uh, Britain's got a sour taste in their mouth uh, from last year. Two years ago, we went to the Dome, and all the boys experienced that, and it got cut short against Howard in Britain. Um, so they've experienced triumph, and they've experienced failure, and I think they're all ready to get back at it. Excellent. All right, are you ready to make your picks, Austin? Yeah, for sure. All right, game number one, Harrisburg at Sioux Falls, Lincoln. We talked about this, how weather could make both of these teams really running teams, and uh, both of them like to be balanced or even maybe pass a little bit more if you're Harrisburg. Uh, With the momentum that Lincoln has right now, I'm taking the Patriots. What do you got, Bruce? I, too, have the Patriots. They have way too much momentum right now. Harrisburg's Harrisburg's wins don't really impress me all that much. Lincoln's just got the better team at the moment. All right, Austin, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to jump on your train here with uh, Lincoln. It used to be the marching band was the only good thing out of that high school. But uh, look out now. Lincoln football team is here, and I'm going to take them. That's nice of you to say. My, by the way, my daughter is the drum major in the Lincoln we're, band. We're, so. bo- we're both oh, Lincoln man, graduates, too. So. We, we love to hear that. Okay, game number two. We've got Rapid City Central at Roosevelt. Maybe the easiest one on the board. But last year... Rapid City Central upset. Roosevelt, what do you got, Bruce? Upset aside, Kim Nelson's not going to let that happen this year. Roosevelt goes out and wins and wins fairly, with a fairly big win. Austin? Yeah, um, I'm going to take Roosevelt in this one. Yeah, and I have to agree. I can't see any circumstances, especially with how banged up Rapid City Central is right now, where they pull that one off. Game number three. Washington Brandon Valley, a rematch of last year's title game. I am going to start this one off, and I'm going to pick. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think, but I still think Brandon Valley pulls games out at home. Austin, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to agree on that one. I think Brandon Valley has got something to prove after losing to Lincoln last week. Uh, They're at home. Everyone's looking to beat uh, Washington, so I'll take Brandon Valley. You're all on Brandon Valley. Fortunately, I don't think Washington's quite there yet, especially on the road. I'm taking Brandon Valley as well. All right, you tricked us last week. You took Washington. (laughs) All right, game number four, Brookings at Pierre Bruce. One of the more difficult ones to pick. Could be very interesting with the weather situation in that game. Brookings' run defense is going to be the key to this one, although I think Pier, I think that class right now is just Pierre and everybody else, so I'm taking Pierre. I think this is the one line up front that can play with Pierre's line. I'm talking about Brookings' defensive line and offensive line. And for as much as people talk about Pierre, this Brookings team... They've been pretty impressive. No argument. I don't quite have enough. Good, but <laughs> I don't quite have enough guts to pick against Pierre, though. I'm going to take the Gubs. What do you got, Austin? Well, my head says Pierre. My heart says Brookings. I'm going with my heart this week. I'm going Brookings with the upset in Pierre. If you, um, we'll take them. If you nail that, I think we got some swag coming your way because that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right, game number five, Sturgis at Mitchell. Two teams kind of in the hunt in the middle of 11-double-A. I'm taking Sturgis even though they're on the road here just because I think they can stop Parker Phillips. And the teams that can stop Parker Phillips are the teams that have been winning. What do you got, Bruce? Sturgis' luck in Mitchell hasn't been great. Um, they are an improved team this year. They have pulled off a few victories. 
Not enough this week. Parker Phillips runs wild, though. Well, I'm taking the Colonels. Okay, we're split. we got to break the tie, Austin. Yeah, I'm going to side with Bruce on this one. I don't know much about either team, <laughs> so I'm going to go with the home team and pick Mitchell. Okay, wouldn't wouldn't shock me. And then we've got our Midco SN game, West Central at Madison. I'm taking the home team here in Madison. Even though I'm on the call, I'm going to stay totally neutral on the call, but I am taking Madison. No Kirk Herb Street rule on this one, right? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm going to take Madison as well. Uh, West Central have beaten the teams they should beat, and everybody that with a, with a, with a uh, more winning record they've lost to. I think that trend continues here. Madison on this one. Their 3-3 three three record's a little bit deceiving. All right, what do you got here? Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, Madison's coming home after two games on the road. Uh, they'll show up and show out at home. So I'll take Madison as well. All right. A few more games to pick. Canton at Tri-Valley. Tri-Valley had a miracle win last week at the end of the game. Took out Sioux Falls Christian. Took them out of the rankings. Canton trying to claw their way into the rankings. Got two teams that are pretty close here. Bruce, what do you got? I think Canton claws their way back into the rankings. Caden Verley is going gonna, is gonna to pretty much run wild. Tri-Valley will do their best to finish that. I think it's going to be a decently close game, but Canton wins in the end. Yeah, I think Canton is probably... They're not 100% healthy here. I think this is a, a game that could go either way, too, but I, I can't pick against the Seahawks. Austin? I am going to go opposite you guys and try and get a win here this week. I'm going to go Tri-Valley. I, you know what? I can't find anything wrong with that. That could no. definitely definitely be the case. That's a team definitely on yeah, the up and come. Exactly. Uh, Canastota Freeman at Bonham. Let's let, make, let's let uh, Austin make his pick first. Yeah, uh, so this is a big game for uh, 9A standings. Yes. Um, Bonhomme has been rolling all year, and I'm going to take them at home. It should be their final home game. Final game? Yeah, they're at 7-0 yeah. already. Uh, so we're going to take Bonhomme over Canastota Freeman. Yep, they've been pulling out a couple lately. Bruce, what do you think? Doot, doot. Staying on the Pudwell train. Bonhomme. You're staying on the Pudwell train. I am going, you know what? I, I'm picking against Bonhomme here. I think Canastota Freeman can line up. They're a little bigger. They're a little bigger up front. They can run the ball. Um, last week, Gregory, you know, threw a couple interceptions. This is not the case. Canastota Freeman is not going to throw interceptions in this game. So I think, being that uh, they won't turn it over, we're going to give uh, we're going to give the Hawks the win. Which I know it doesn't help the Braves up there in Britain, but. That's all right. That's all right. We're ready. All right. Another nine, couple more nine-man games. Dell St. Mary at Coleman Egan. You can go again, first again, Austin. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, my former science teacher, Mr. Williamson, the coach of the Coleman Egan team there. Uh, I'm going to roll with them. He's done great things with that team, and they've been dominant um, many years in a row here. So we'll go with Coleman Egan. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is a team that's dialed in right now, and they're just a little bit bigger than Dell St. Mary. Yeah, Coleman Egan, they may not have played a complete game this year. Dell Rapids St. Mary, a little bit more battle-tested. Maybe a slightly closer game than we might be thinking, but again, I'm with the two of you, Coleman Egan, on this one. Okay, now to round out the slate, one more nine-man game with two teams that are kind of hanging around that top five, but not quite in. Hamlin and Arlington Lake Preston. Um, boy, this is tough for me, but I think this Arlington Lake Preston team is kind of bounced back after that early early deficit. I think I'm going to take the Cardinals, even though they're on the road here. Austin? Yeah, I got to see Hamlin this year, and they are no slouch. 
Uh, they are very tough, and they knew what they were doing and well-coached. Um, I am going to take Hamlin. That's awesome. He has eyewitness nine-man. I love eyewitnesses at nine-man games. They, You can tell the difference yeah, when you exactly. see it. I, the, I might have to change here. What do you got, Bruce? <laughs> Arlington Lake Preston has bounced back a little bit. However, Hamlin, Hamlin always, always tends to have a pretty good team. Uh, when they have, when they've got the athletes to do it, I'm rocking the powder blue. Let's go, Hamlin! All right, those are the picks. Austin, thanks for being with us this week. Hopefully, you can make it on again next week. And we thank you for your game updates during the games as well. Yeah, so, that helps to get the game updates as well. Very nice. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for all you guys do too. All right, take care. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to this Midco SN podcast. To listen to any of our past episodes, visit midcosn.com slash podcast.